Dr. Kane, I saw that you are going to participate in a webinar that's co-organized with the World Health Organization to discuss issues of how to uh, address questions of mental health. You have been serving Médecins Sans Frontières, uh, Doctors Without Borders for several years. You were posted in Iraq. So what were some of the issues and alternatives of treatment that you have encountered in your experience and what is going to be discussed in this webinar? MSF uh, have over 200 mental health related activities across the globe. Uh, and so we've, we've had experience with COVID uh, across most of them, in fact. Um, what we've seen is the pandemic exacerbated vulnerability for the most vulnerable, namely women, children, people with severe mental disorders. And uh, we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, like almost everyone, a significant decline in healthcare being delivered by volume across, um, across the world, which rebounded quickly, but not yet to the levels that we were providing before the pandemic. And we've also seen a huge burden placed on healthcare workers who suffered enormously. We really had to adapt a lot of our activities to that impact. And I can speak to that, if you like. What kind of yes. programs you have been uh, delivering on the ground that you have already seen a, a change and impact in terms of supporting healthcare workers? So we've really had to scale up digital mental health care. Uh, like everyone says, necessity is the mother of invention. And like everyone, we faced either rapidly adapting much of our activity to digital responses um, and other innovative approaches or simply not providing care. And we observe that the digital approaches like telephone, um, using phone applications, um, it can be a good tool in mental health, but there are limits for certain populations. And people all still said to us that the face-to-face -face link was important. So we saw that disparity um, in, in access to care with that shift to digital health care. Um, we also uh, had to adapt our community responses. So as you can imagine, in Médecins Sans Frontières, like much of the humanitarian world, a lot of healthcare, most healthcare is delivered in the community by people living in those communities and who know those communities. So um, we, we had to, we trained a lot of community health workers who we knew would be integral to that response. We're using the IASC guidelines on basic psychosocial skills, um, which is a guide for COVID-19 responses. And we found that information was simple and really helpful. And so we supported our community health workers using that information to support care for people during the pandemic, as one example. And I remember you mentioning in one blog post at the site of uh, Doctors Without Borders that uh, in Iraq, situations where people were had gone through um, really a, a lot of trauma, right? And of course, their mental health was impacted, but there was a difference, and that was an important difference to a distinction to make by doctors that sometimes that is a temporary thing, that people, it's a normal reaction to the impact of trauma. And then it's not not necessarily a condition that uh, you have to make this distinction. The person doesn't have a, a chronic problem. It is more a result, the result of a trauma that is uh, temporary and that needs to be addressed as such. 
Absolutely. So we know um, that it's not just people who experience COVID who suffered, it's it's the world, it's people in general, it's all of us. Um, people have struggled with unemployment, with loss of relatives, with fear. And um, uh, while we put a lot of focus on hospitalised patients and people with COVID, um, the missing link is the enormous impact um, in the social and economic aspect for all populations. Uh, and so we've tried to adapt to our care using our community health work response to that problem. And as you say, um, uh, just because someone suffers does not mean they have a mental disorder. These, these are normal responses to abnormal situations. Sometimes people do experience a small part of the population, a few percent uh, to increasing percentages of people do experience um, actual problems and disorders though. And so we need to provide healthcare for them too, as well as supporting the rest of the population. So who are you targeting really? Healthcare workers or anyone who's interested in the issues that of uh, mental health during uh, COVID-19 and post-pandemic? The, um, the presentation's been organised by WHO and what I understand from them is that it's targeting anyone interested in the mental health care response for COVID. And there are going to be numerous speakers who will discuss uh, mental health care in COVID in various settings, in aged care, in the hospital setting, community health settings, and talking about how we've used some of the IASC and WHO uh, documents and some other um, some other tools and how we've adapted those and attempted to innovate in our own activities. And you are based in Paris, but you are working with different countries, different conflict areas. You're actually responsible for the Middle East area, if I understand well. So is that so? I'm, 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 I was previously responsible for mental, for mental health activities in the Middle East. Um, and North Africa, and now um, I'm one of the uh, advisors in Médecins Frontières who's responsible for activities internationally. So we have activities in South and Central America, Asia, um, the different parts of Africa, and of course the Middle East and Europe too. Of course, of course. So what the countries have you been working with lately that you could give us some examples of activities that you've been developing um, using these innovative uh, uh, tools such as um, digital healthcare, which is going to be huge, right? If, you, if there was some hesitancy before, now we are seeing that there is a lot to be gained uh, uh, from using digital tools to address mental health issues. Certainly that's the case. We had experience with digital mental health care delivery previously. We had um, trial delivery of healthcare um, uh, um, via applications, uh, counselling um, and also um, care for people with severe disorder. Um, what we've, what this has done is it just rapidly shifted us to, uh, um, to it, 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 it led to a, a rapid uptake of that technology, not without um, difficulties as well, I might add. And um, we've recently done a study, which we hope to soon publish, which demonstrated that, in fact, there is still that big, big digital divide. So while um, that digital um, innovation did lead to increased access for many people, there are populations that still suffer due to difficulty with access, difficulty with safe access, like women facing sexual violence, for instance, or children who find it hard to get privacy, and people with severe mental disorder who were already suffering stigma um, and difficulty with access. 
So we need to find ways to support those people and speak out about the impact of that divide. Thank you very much, Dr. Gregory Kian from Doctors Without Borders in Paris. Thank you.